Welcome to my podcast. Here is Spiros McGarris. I have two fantastic guests today, Elial Gaffney and Jason Maud. We're going to talk today about the evolution of the challenger model across Europe, especially how they were able to build a bank on the cloud. So who would like to make a short introduction about the company and yourself? Who wants to start, Eyal or Jason? Um, I will start. Perfect. First of all, thank you for having me. It's, it, it's an honor. Um, my name is Eyal Gafni. I'm, I'm a COO and Chief Strategy for First Digital Bank, which is uh, Israel's first uh, bank for more than 40 years. Just received our full banking license uh, a year and a half ago. Started uh, setting up a, our bank. Uh, took us about 12 months using uh, using some some general core system and then building our own proprietary layer on top of this, which I, I will I will talk about later, I guess. Um, really excited uh, to to start uh, changing the Israeli market and then uh, going. Uh, uh, abroad will be launched to the public officially in the beginning of 2022. Uh, we have a great team of, of, of bankers and technology. Um, that's it. Exciting. I mean, I'm excited to hear more soon. Jason? Uh, yes, uh, my name is Jason Maud, and I am the Chief Technology Advocate at Starling Bank. So I go around and uh, talk about Starling Bank's technology and our technology philosophy and uh, and how it powers the bank. Um, uh, we uh, are uh, much like First Digital. We are a you know a digital first bank. We are a you know a bank that operates in uh, entirely and is run entirely in the cloud. We're uh, at the moment based in the UK. We've been uh, running for uh, slightly slightly longer. Uh, we've been running since publicly since two thousand and seventeen. Um, and we are proud that uh, every year since then we have won Britain's best bank at the British Banking Awards. Uh, so we've we've won that four years running now. So uh, we we uh, are seeing great results and uh, are doing great things. Yeah, I mean your your bank is one of the uh, leading banks, challenger banks out there, and, and both and the team you've done a fantastic job. I will continue with you, Jason. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you think, uh, or why do you think, you know, why did you choose to build on the cloud and mm -hmm. what does the cloud enable you to do? So um, starting a bank from scratch is no easy task. Um, you know, uh, before, uh, before Starling started, there was one other bank, Metro Bank, um, that, that had started. And then, you know, there were the likes of Monzo and so on, who were also uh, becoming banks in the UK. But then before Metro, you have to go back, you know, more than 100 years to find a new bank being created. It's a fairly difficult, um, difficult starting point, you need to, you know, generate a lot of, uh, you know, have a lot of capital there to, you know, make sure that the bank is, um, is is ready and you know stable enough to, to be a bank, and you know the UK regulator has a allowed a path into that, but still, um, you know there the, there are a lot of requirements, and what we didn't want is to layer on top of all those requirements another requirement which was to go out and purchase a load of hardware and wheel that into an office somewhere or a data center and have to maintain uh, this you know extra um, uh, asset. 
uh, on our on our balance sheets and you know do all the maintenance and the and have all the expertise necessary to maintain a server and we found that you know aws could provide us with all of the um you know the, the the functionality and security guarantees around servers and the you know redundancy and backup and so on that we needed so it allowed us to um create the bank from scratch and to scale rapidly both in terms of the number of customers so scale the depth of the organization mm -hmm. and scale the width of the organization we could also add a lot of new features and product types and so on quickly we could suddenly go you know at, at one point we were just doing uh, personal current accounts and then we said you know what the business market really needs this and we can really see a gap in the market for business banking and we could just jump in there and you know offer bank accounts to SMEs uh, without uh, without having to, um, you know, sit there and um and or and go, well, it's going to be a big investment in terms of, you know, buying a whole new server and that sort of thing. We could just jump in. So it's that sort of flexibility that allowed us yeah, to expand, me. which went, yeah. To be fair, Eyal, you will come after this. So some things already have been said. But for the next question, you will be the first to, <laughs> it's going to, we're going to turn it <laughs> So, you know, I know because out of all those podcasts, it always happens when you fall up another good lead. But <laughs> why was your decision to go on the cloud? I mean, of course, you saw some other, other big companies, other challenger banks do it. But so what were your motivation? So basically, we are not pioneering the, the digital bank industry like like Starling did or, or is doing. And, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of Starling. Whenever we talk to to you know to experts and, and to everything in the industry and they say and they ask us uh, give me an example for which kind of banks you would like to be like so we always give the the, the, the uh, Starling bank as, as an example when when we started uh, um, roughly two years ago and, and and decided to go with the with the license and start building the bank so we were thinking that basically, you or, or, or usually digital banking was all about cost reduction and cost savings. We believe that that digital banking can be all about creating new value propositions to to allow faster time to market uh, product distribution, to have to have great things coming. And our bank is based on a, on an AI value proposition. We, we are we are going to we are going at it in in a you know full phase. So, full pace and uh, and uh, i think that the cloud enables it more 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 than anything i think that that uh, our decision to to use aws was was a very uh was a very smart and, and and actually a very easy decision because when you when you're building a bank in the 21st century what you want to do is use the best infrastructure platforms technology tool sets whatever available I think AWS provided it, it for us, and, and, and it, it allows us to, to really be fast when we want to do something, when we, when we want to do some, some third-party cooperations, we want, when we want to install new features. Uh, for us, we couldn't see any other way. What, uh, I mean, now you made a decision, I mean, and you implemented it. What were the challenges, you know, to to overcome, you know, I mean, there are words like regulation, security, yeah. compliance, you know, is that uh, something that cloud enabled you to do it better? Well, 
I think it, it, the, the, the main issue is, is that regulators and technology doesn't move in the same pace. And, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very challenging uh, environment to, to play with. So we had a lot of discussions with, uh, with the Bank of Israel, which is our, our main uh, uh, regulator about why using AWS or why using, uh, uh, why building the bank on, on, on a cloud is better from any perspective, by the way, than, than, than using, you know, on-premise sites. Um, I think that it, it took us a lot of time to find the right, the right people to talk to within the regulator, which will be our advocates and which, which will help us to, 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 to move forward in this direction. And, and we had a lot, a lot of discussions of, of security and, and we had dozens of, of, of good arguments why using AWS is safer than using on-premise location. And, 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 and I think that we, we, we got to a, to a situation where the Israeli regulation changed according to, to the things that represented the regulator. And now, basically, if, you, if, if any other bank in Israel, if he asks, we'll be able to move to the cloud, which was uh, a real breakthrough. You know, it, it, it shows you how uh, regulators depend on the good examples of, of fintech companies. You know, it's, it's, it's a co-working. Mm. I, what would you like to say about this? So I think that the... Um, the uh, question of, you know, why are you on the cloud? Why are you on the cloud? Will slowly go down over time. I think that as fintech becomes more prominent, the question will become, why aren't you on the cloud? I often <laughs> see, you know, um, banks saying we're maintaining our own servers in the same way that I would see a bank that said we built our own office. Like, you know, why? Why did you build your own office building? You're not experts in building buildings. You're a banker. You know, in the same way, you're not experts in maintaining a server, right? You know, you, you're, you might be experts in writing the software that goes on those servers, but the actual hardware is not your field. So leave that to people who really are expert in that area. Is the what kind of uh, now it's your turn again, Jason? <laughs> what kind of trends do you see emerging where cloud uh, cloud plays even a more important role? Mm. So I think that the the growing trend towards innovating uh, banking and you know and trying things out, spinning things up quickly, um, banking has for a long time not really been innovative. And a lot of that has to do with the inherent uh, small C conservatism people have with their money, uh, you know, where they, they say, well, we want to keep our money safe. And there's been for a long time this idea that you can either have safety or you can have innovation, but you can't have both. And that if you move one up, the other one has to move down. And I think what fintech is proving is, no, no, that's untrue. You can have both at the same time and you can make them self-reinforcing. So you can make it so that your greater innovation leads to greater safety and greater safety leads to, you know, more, uh, more um, trust in innovation and so on. So I think that there's, that's where cloud really has its strength in enabling this innovation in enabling people to go, we are going to try doing this. We're going to try setting up, you know, a, a new product, a new service, a new feature, see if it works, uh, see if the customers take to it. And if they don't, 
then we you know we haven't lost a lot and it enables that you know risk taking um more than you know not using the cloud where you have to be on premises basically it's like driving a car you you decide how much gas you push on the pedal absolutely yeah Ian, from your fresh perspective <laughs> If, if, if we look like uh, 10 years ahead, okay? And we do it from time to time because it, it interests us a lot. So, so we see banking going to, uh, to a very embedded place, to, to a place where, where, where you will meet your bank in, in, in places you haven't imagined before. When uh, you will, for instance, drive your car, your, your, your autonomous car, by the way, so you won't really be driving it. And then the car will, will tell you, listen, um, I think I have a problem with the carburetor or something, if, if, if it will, be, it will, if it will be st still be exist. And then, uh, and then the car will tell us, uh, listen, uh, I think it will cost you uh, $3,000. I checked with your bank account, you have $1,000. The bank says that you can have something, that you can have a loan, and then you can go to the, to the shop, which is fantastic. And, and whenever you use shared platforms, you can get there faster. Whenever all of your data is, is in the same place and you can work with third-party providers and you can, you can uh, uh, use open banking and you can, and you can really, really integrate everything to one, one place, one, one shared platform, which can grow and grow and grow easily and in, in very fast. So it, it just gets you there faster. And this is, this is how, how I look at it. Okay. This idea that AL is mentioning of... Um, embedded finance, finance at the point where you actually need the uh, the uh, item is is not a new idea. It's been you know in the in the um, uh, the the consumer space for quite some time. Like you had to in the olden days, you would have had to go to a bank, get some cash out, then go to the supermarket to buy your food. Whereas nowadays, you can just walk into the supermarket and use your card directly. You you've cut out that intermediate stage of the bank, and this idea is uh, as you know fintech grows and technology grows and so on is going to allow finance to become embedded in more and more places so you know uh, rather than having to go to the bank to get the loan to get the new part for your car instead you can you know just um, interact directly with the person supplying you with the car part and the loan gets folded into uh, that uh, that interaction. Uh, the same thing might be true of houses, rather than you know me having to go to uh, the bank to get a mortgage to then go back to the estate agent who's selling me the house. I can instead go straight to the estate agent and then sort the mortgage and all of the data that is required to get that um, uh, at that location instead. So this helps enable consumer journeys and make them much easier. Um, and that you know the. As, as I'm coming to realize, the effect on uh, consumers is helpful, but the effect on businesses, especially small and medium-sized businesses, is massive. There's, mu you know, there's much more that they can be enabled to do if they are freed from a lot of the, uh, the, the, the shackles of having to constantly use the, uh, the bank as, a, as an intermediary. You know, we're, we're now hearing you two gentlemen you know, and knowing what I know or what I think I know, it's like, you know, I'm also a big believer of embedded finance. I mean, and now I think a question which um, 
we don't ask enough is where where does that leave the challenger bank will it be still around it's a little controversial mm-hmm. will be you know what role will it play you know besides of being a challenger bank with your customers will there be more like is embedded finance just like a business arm who mm-hmm. wants to answer first so I, I my my view on this is that there'll still be the role for the challenger bank will still be incredibly important i there there have been a number of people from incumbent banks who have decried this idea that um uh banks could fall down down just being the pipe work right you know invisible to the consumer and just being in the background of being pipes being pipe work is very important and there's still a lot of money to be made in being a pipework. So I think that the the actual interaction of an individual with a bank or a business with a bank will be mainly just as a portal to see an overall view of their finances and you know say how my finance is doing in general and getting that summary information out will be very important. But the actual day-to-day interaction of the bank will sort of fade more and more until it's just in the background because generally speaking people don't want to go to the bank no one gets up in the morning and goes i've i'm today gonna go and get a mortgage you know no one's doing that everyone's just going i want to buy a house and getting a mortgage is a necessary part of that and if that necessary part can be made easier for the for the consumer then all the better yeah i mean you're just building a new bank now and uh, did you put this into consideration? First of all, obviously. I just, know, I know. Just to compete, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to continue what Jason said. So um, I think that, that traditionally the, the role of banks was, was to, to be a safe for your money, right? And for your gold and, and whatever. And, and I think that the, 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 as the world changes, and, and basically most of your assets are not are not are not uh, uh, physical, and 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 I think that that when we when we will go forward, banks will be able to be the place when they they safeguard your data, your financial data, and 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 we are going towards a world of of consents. Take open banking, for instance. I, I, I will give I will give my bank a consent, and then he will be able to get all, all of my data. It's it's like I'm walking with my data in, in my pockets, and I decide who to share it with. And and people trust banks. That's that that's a fact. We 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 did a lot of surveys. People trust banks. They don't trust uh, uh, um, other companies. By the way, they don't really trust fintechs. I think that that being a licensed bank. And, and, and I'm sure Starling Bank knows that better than we, really gives you the, the, the benefit of, 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 of getting customers trust. And if, and if the customers trust you, then they will share the, their data with you. And if they will share their data with you, you will be able to provide them with a real value proposition, which is awesome because this is what people want at the end. And, and um, we think that, that as, as this world is, is uh, it's getting bigger and bigger, the, the financial data world and, 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 and all the consent management and everything. We believe that once you get all, all this data, you can use advanced AI tools to, to provide proactive banking. And, and proactive banking is, 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 is a really cool concept, by the way, because if, 
if I had the 100 million dollars, so I would have my, my private banker and, and my relationship manager and, and his assistants working for me all day long, which is awesome. But I don't have 100 million dollars yet. So, so uh, no one is doing it for me. But you know, and I think that- Sorry, I interrupted you, forgive me, continue. Yeah, yeah no worries. And, and I think that, that uh, new banks, digital banks, banks that can move fast, that can, that can integrate data, uh, which can really, really uh, get something out of it, will be able to provide this, this great proactive services to the masses. You know, when I hear about this, you know, we talk about data, AI, machine learning, more personalized services. I mean, that's where it goes to, you know. I mean, it's, all, it's, it's impossible if you don't use cloud. You know, because I mean, uh, I, I think, uh, and uh, and I think this cloud-focused—it's a must. I, I think most players know this anyway. It's just a question of how much regulators know that this is important to to empower those companies to to be able to use it. Is there anything exciting you you foresee in the near future that would be enabled through cloud and through AI, machine learning? Yeah, so, so, so first of all, I think that most of the, of, I don't know if most of all, um, machine learning uh, models and, and, and advanced AI wouldn't be possible if, if, if what you're doing all day is, is, is maintaining servers and, and making sure that you have enough, uh, enough uh, uh, space and, and memory and everything. I think that, that the exciting part is that the cloud enables you to, we call it a, a, a no strings attached approach. It, it allows you to actually go global. Banks are, banks are not global. Banks are, 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 are very local companies usually because of regulation, because of persistence, because of a lot of things. And I think that the cloud with, with the right architecture, obviously allows you to go uh, to break these boundaries and provide services in, in, in global scale. Jason, is there anything you would like to add to this? Yeah, sure. So I think that there is there's definitely um, more advanced tools um, such as uh, such as AI and machine learning are um, are really require the backing of uh, that you get from cloud. But I think that what it really needs is you need to have built up to that. Right, the the these advanced tools, these you know things that uh, can provide you with a lot of um, uh, very good benefits. You can't just rush straight into them. Um, in the same way that there's no real reason to go to you know split up your um, system into a microservices architecture that has you know very high resiliency before you while you're still operating on a you know monolithic deployment at a single data center somewhere on a physical server you control there's no point in doing that right you need to move to the cloud at the same time that you split things up into the 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 microservices and the same time the the benefits you get from ai and machine learning and rapid you know rapid the rapid discovery and pattern matching that those can provide you with is enabled by having a system where you can rapidly deploy and respond to changes, which is enabled by being on the cloud and being in a sort of very microservices based uh, system. So these things 
build on top of each other one by one by one. So you can't, you know, in order to jump to the more exciting stuff, you have to do the more boring stuff first is what is certainly what we've found. Or you won't, I mean, you can go straight to the more exciting stuff, but you won't get the benefits out of it. You won't, you know, you will you know your ai will say well you should do this and you'll nod and go yeah well we'll get around to that in six months when our next release is you know and it's a bit like why why do you have this really expensive thing that you've got to maintain uh, something we discussed now we are getting to the uh, close to the finish of the podcast is uh, if i understood you correctly if you have one or two thoughts to it is embedded finance without cloud won't be possible i guess is it something uh, you agree yeah I, because you you don't have the scalability like if you it you'll rapidly run up against barriers is the problem and then you'll have to you know implement some system which like rate limits everyone and you know everyone will just go well this doesn't work you know and and those limits will come across you know you'll come across them very suddenly so you'll you might rapidly scale and then hit a ceiling and not be able to go any further um so i mean again it's one of these things where you can do it if you want to it's just it doesn't really make sense to it doesn't you know you'll you'll end up with a, a system which is uh, costing you a lot but not giving you as much benefit as it could be uh, you know do you have anything to add to this yeah. I agree completely. I, I think it wouldn't make sense, even from a, from a business perspective, to do it. Like, um, it's 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 not cost effective. It's not scalable. It's not flexible. I, the world has changed. W working on cloud is 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 is, is basic. I think. So, gentlemen, uh, I think uh, thank you very much for sharing some of your insights, and I think it means a lot to our listeners because I mean. You two are like exposed, exposed to those issues, you know, to build something uh, and, and to, to, to adapt constantly to the client's needs. And, you know, my experience is when I hear people like you, that's extremely valuable. I mean, you can read a lot of things, but, you know, I, I feel like on podcasts, people, when they feel comfortable, they talk like, like we've talked with friends. And I mean, that's very valuable. Even if they knew a little bit before, it confirms them that they're in the right path by listening to you too. So, Eyal, Jason, thank you very much for sharing you. Time and the insights. And um, I hope we meet in person sooner than later. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.